I was honored to go to the home of Rebecca and Chris to have an orange socks visit about their daughter, Ella, who has achondroplasia, a type of dwarfism. Rebecca and Chris also have dwarfism, and I appreciated their candor and insight. Rebecca, when did you find out that uh, Ella had dwarfism? We found out at 24 weeks in utero. We had done a amniocentesis and we knew that we had a chance of having a baby with dwarfism because me and Chris do have dwarfism. And we were wanting to know, I'm the type, I don't like surprises, I have to be prepared. And with the chances of having a baby with dwarfism and a chance of having a baby that is double dose of dwarfism where they don't survive long enough outside of the womb, I needed to know what to expect and prepare myself for that situation. And either way, we would have taken you know, with any type of diagnosis we got, we were, you know, gonna take this pregnancy all the way, but we just wanted to prepare because I didn't want the unknowns. I had to prepare myself. And so we found out at 26 weeks that we were having an achondroplasia dwarfism, just like me and Chris. And, you know, we were excited. We were like, oh, okay. And so your chances of having a child with that diagnosis are, are what? What are the odds? Mm -hmm. The odds are 50% um, chance, like me and Chris, who we both have dwarfism, and then a 25% chance where it does not get the dwarfism gene, so it's going to be average size. And then the other 25% where they get the double dose of the dwarfism, and those don't, they don't last very long outside of the womb. They, I've had friends who's had the double dwarfism, and they might last for maybe a day or five minutes to a day and then they slowly pass away so I just I felt I needed to be prepared for it okay and so you found out Chris what were your thoughts at the time you found out you're gonna have a, a, a child with with dwarfism what were you thinking I was scared to tell the truth because because through my life when I was small I think it was kind of different between the boys and the girls with dwarfism I don't know why but like I thought that Ella might get made fun of a lot and stuff like that and I mean I was excited too because I got a little one just like me and everything but again it was a surprise but I was happy at the end when she was born. But you had some personal life experiences that sounds like were hard for you because of your uh, diagnosis of dwarfism. I had kind of a hard time, not really hard, but it's different. Sure. And especially around high school, sure. junior high. So. Well, it's a tough time for a lot of people too. Yeah, it is. But uh, it sounds like it was a, a trial as a, yeah. as, a, as a male with dwarfism. Did you have any issues like, like that? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think what prepared me the best is, and both of our parents, and yeah. um, they were involved in, you know, with other parents who have kids with dwarfism, Little People of America, great organization. And they got us involved in that. And we were able to make friends with other peers that were people with dwarfism our age. And to be able to identify that and then also have mentors that were little people that would say, okay, this is what you're going to expect, you know, instead of having, you know, that average size person saying, oh, it's going to be all good. It's going to be hard, but you can get through it. Whereas the mentor, that little person's like, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's going to suck, you know, expect it, but 
this is, it's okay. Sure. It will, you will get through this. You know, high school is not your whole life. Junior high is not your whole entire life. Again, you being a teenager, you think that's your whole entire life. But I think that's what helped me a lot was being prepared for that, knowing that I'm probably not going to be asked to go out on to dances as often as the other kids. Mm-hmm. I probably won't have as many friends that will call me to do things. You know, we were popular in elementary. We had lots of friends, but it, when it was time to kind of hang out as a group, you know, you kind of, you, you weren't called that night to go hang out. I mean, you had your close friends that you did, but when it was a group, you weren't really called that much. Which, You know, it was setting that expectation. And I mean, it was hard to go through it, but you know, it's just giving, I think what our parents did best was helping us understand who we are living with dwarfism and knowing that we were the ones that could define who we are and not the people around you. Because if you took what people around you were saying, this was before, you know, we had little people, big world, or more of a, this is what little people are. And we had it where people would call you midget, people would make fun of you openly, where it's happened a lot less, which I'm grateful for because of blogs, because of little people of America, because of the shows and stuff, the educational shows and nonprofit organizations like this to get the word out. But I think I think going through that, it was hard and not knowing. I think it was also hard for our brothers and sisters because we always got the attention and everything. And I just remembered I always, sometimes adults would give me something and not see my brother or sisters. And so then they would feel bad, but then I'm like, yay. <laughs> but it was kind of like optional. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that does happen. You get um, parents. And even that happens to this little one. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, and, and so your your personal experiences have enabled you to kind of have an idea of maybe what Ella's life is, is yeah, going to be. Exactly. But, uh, what's so far has been some of the challenges, and, and now she's five years old, and what have been some of the hard parts with Ella and her, and her life so far? I mean, I think with me, I was really protective of her, and I wouldn't, obviously, when they saw me and Chris walking down the street with a baby stroller, I would always, I would throw the curtain, put the curtain down on it because I knew they would turn around and look in because they saw us, they wanted to see the child. Mm -hmm. And we were asked a few times, no, quite a bit, say, oh, can we see our baby? And it was, sometimes it was, we it depends on the people sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if, it, if it was kids, I was totally fine and I would, you know, let them make an educational moment. But if it was, you know, a young adult or a older teenager, I, did, I, I didn't want to. I go, oh, she's sleeping. I don't want to show her, you know, because I knew they just wanted to see. So it was more from... Like, like you're on display or a, yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean and if they did have questions if they did come up and this is one thing i love is if they did start talking to asking questions about us and wanting to know about our dwarfism and who we are of course we'll show you the baby but i don't know that was my that i, I didn't realize how protective i was when we had that i think it was funny because then after she was born i was going to my mother a lot because i was asking her okay 
what are developmentally, what are the milestones? Okay, what do I need to do with this appointment and everything like that? Because I didn't really do research. I didn't really do research on, okay, we need to follow this, we need to follow this. Because I was like, oh, I have dwarfism, we're fine. I'll know what to do, but I didn't <laughs> on, you know, what to watch for. And so I, I went to my mom a lot for advice. And also I was on the Facebook pages of, you know, parents with dwarfism and parents of dwarfism and getting, you know, those questions answered. Because I thought that was kind of interesting because I was like, of course I'm the child. I mean, I should know this, but I don't. And so, because I did no research. And so, I mean, yeah, it's getting to be a part of those, you know, the Facebook groups and stuff of parents with dwarfism helped a lot, just asking those questions. So are there uh, differences developmentally, different, different uh, developmental milestones in uh -huh. someone with dwarfism? The good thing about it is that they don't walk until two, okay. around two years old. And by the time they're that age, they know That's what they right. can't touch and or what's wrong. So it's been nice. We didn't have to baby proof at all. That's That was the difference, stark difference between my son and her, our son and her, was I didn't have to baby proof anything. Whereas him, I was chasing. They could walk by 18 months. They could walk by three years old. It all depends. I'm sitting up. They She didn't sit up until the age of one. And that's where you don't, you don't want to force them to sit up. You kind of let them sit do up their, their thing. Sure. Yeah, kind of let them do their own things. Just a little bit slower developably, but I think they are ahead socially because they have that time because they're not busy running around, you know, busy toddler, whereas they had that time to kind of figure people out. And so with Ella, what was interesting, she was able to engage people, just like smile and say hi. And so she's socially, she's ahead. She, she knows emotions. And uh -huh. So she was able to concentrate on that while, you know, this other stuff caught up. But, but now she's basically all caught up. I mean, just has have to do things differently, just a little bit differently. But I mean, of course she can't run faster than peers her age, but she's able to play soccer. She's able to do what she wants to do. Oh, that's great. So, so Chris, what have been some of the joys of having Ella in your life? Boy, too many <laughs> joys. Um, how do I think? <laughs> I think it's just like any child. Yeah, just having her. I mean, especially like when Rebecca was pregnant, we were trying to think what was it gonna be if it was gonna be a boy or a girl and then I wanted the boy and she wanted the girl and when we found out it was a girl I was like dang it I wanted my boy but then after a while it's been a blast she always wants to kind of do what I want to do sometimes like again I'm into hunting and guns and everything and so she likes to look at my guns she's daddy's girl she's daddy's little girl that's for sure she has me wrapped around my finger and everything don't you so so Rebecca what what has been her impact on uh, your family with you have an older son and and uh, as well as your immediate family and with her coming into your life I think it's, you know, when people, it's almost like, well, it's hard to say on that because it's almost like it's just a, another child mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, she has dwarfism. Yeah, she'll probably, get, you know, have some medical needs. But, you know, we wouldn't think of her any differently. Right. And she's just kind of scooted on in. I mean, I think on both sides of the family, I mean, she's not treated any differently. No. And we don't treat her any differently. Tried uh, than her brother. Her, yeah, try to treat her the same. And I mean, that's how we were raised. Mm. 
So I think both of our parents were excited that they were having a, we call them little littles. Yes. A, a little girl with dwarfism because they just, they stay small long and yeah. they're just so cute. They were excited about that. But then, I mean, either way, it's just, she's, her personality It is what, you know, I don't know if it's her personality is because of the dwarfism or it's the personality that just, I, I adore. And I don't know if that's the dwarfism, you know, her having dwarfism or not, or just Ella. That's been the biggest impact. and to see her and her brother interact. And I don't know if it's siblings or what, but her brother has a hard time socially and she's able to understand, have the patience with him, but then he's able to interact with her and build, they built a trust with each other. And it, it's a sweet relationship between the two. It, it's a connection that I- And he's about 11 years old. No, he's 16, no, 16 now. 16. Right, well. Yeah, when, yeah. She, when she was born, he yeah, was 10. Yeah. Or 10 or 11, yeah. Right, yeah, so, 10 he's, or 11. so he's, he's uh, quite a bit older than yeah. you. I would have to say it was kind of hard on Ryan a little bit. At first, yeah, because he was the only child at first. But of course they fight, they have their interactions, but it's always been a strong connection. There's a connection between the two. And both of your sets of parents were, were normal size. Uh -huh. Yes, okay. both of them. And it sounds like they were awesome. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like they were, they were great and they're wonderful grandparents to, to Ella. Yep. So if I were to come to you and just having received a diagnosis that I was going to have a child with dwarfism, what advice would you give me? This is just what always comes to my mind. Hearing when my dad got told the diagnosis was his first thought that came to his mind was, who is going to take her to prom? That was his first thought. I mean, that's a lot of people's thought, like all the unknowns, mm -hmm. what's going to happen. But I think the best piece of advice is find as much information as you can. Seek out other people who have the diagnosis, you know, parents, but also adults that have the diagnosis. That's going to be your best bet is because you're able to see where they're at. You're able to see how they got there and what to expect. But I mean, just reach out. And I think that's what my parents did. They were given a phone number. You know, back then there was no internet. Back then there was no Facebook. I mean, there was nothing except for a little pamphlet that says your child has dwarfism and just the basic stuff. And they were told not to expect much about this child. She is going to be made fun of. All they've seen was dwarfs in circuses on show, mm -hmm. shows that are put in a derogatory way. They look at us as animals. Yeah, and and so that's what they saw. But I think it's nowadays I'm grateful for it's getting better, but just seeking out others, seeking out little people of America, getting your child and your family a part of that organization because my brothers and sisters, my average size brothers and sisters have benefit from them. That was our summer vacations. We're going to the national conferences and they were able to make friends with siblings and other little people and they were able to share their stories. You know, their sibling with dwarfism gets all the attention. Mm -hmm. And I know our parents try not to get that, but it just, it happens. We mm -hmm. get that attention. And so, but I would just tell that parent just to, it's going to be okay. You know, enjoy life because you're going to be opened up to a whole different world and you're going to be meeting people, so many different people because of dwarfism. And again, seeing that, seeing it from a different perspective, I think. Chris, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think Rebecca said it pretty dead on. <laughs> okay, good. So. Um, you guys are awesome. I, any, any final thoughts that either one of you have? 
One final thought, I think. I love it when kids come up and ask questions. Yeah. I love that. I'm trying to teach him not to, I'm trying to teach him not to tease. I tease the kids a lot. Yeah, he does. But no, just, I love it when parents or the kids come up and ask questions or even the parents will bring up the kids and want to ask questions. I think that's wonderful. And I know when you get into a situation where you're at the grocery store and your child is, oh my gosh, look at those people and points and you just want to, no, don't do that. I've seen a couple couple of cases where the parent would like smack them and don't do that. And I know it's, I mean, that's not good manners, but please explain to them that it's okay to ask questions. And it's because I find it that when the parents do that and not explain what's going on, it gives them that fear sure. of that difference. And so, again, I love it when kids will come up and ask questions and want to know. And then once they know, they oh, okay, that's cool, and walk away. I, I, I love it. You know, I think it's great. And I think with Ella, it's having a child with dwarfism and us as parents with dwarfism. In a way, it's good, but in a way, I think once she gets out, because she has us as parents, I think once she gets more out into the world, I think... She'll recognize it. More, because, mm -hmm. yeah, parents are, have dwarfism, but then it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I just want to raise a confident child. Mm -hmm. You know, she knows who she is. I mean, dwarfism, yeah, it's a part of her, but it doesn't define her. And in our lives, in our work environments, who we are, in my instance, in work and your work yeah the first oh you're a little person you have dwarfism and then you have to show them who you are you have to show them what you could do and, and at times that's a struggle but that's just I mean that's just what it is yeah you just have to say yeah that's who I am it's not doesn't define me but I mean it's part of me but it's not who I am oh great so, I mean I'm proud to say it so well Ella's delightful you're a doll and uh, what, what, a, what a blessing uh, for your family to have her in it thank you guys for taking the time to, to, to visit with me we have a bulldog me. you have a what? bulldog a, a bulldog a bulldog oh yeah. okay well I'm glad he's outside so yeah. he wants to come bite my leg yeah we don't want <laughs> so, him in because okay. he has nice clothes we don't want Okay, well, thank you again.